Let us know when you're starting, so we're not overtopping. Started. This is uh, this is P3, the Pedal Progressions podcast. We are a company focusing on progression within the sport of mountain biking, improving skills, building trails and features, and celebrating the friendships made within the sport. It's all about making memories, keeping the fun in mountain biking. We'll start off the podcast by going around the room. My name is Kyle. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my background. I've been riding for, let's say, about nine years. Uh, my background in biking started probably when I was in middle school, somewhere in there, kind of took a liking to BMX. Never actually uh, raced BMX, but we had BMX bikes and jumped curbs and built jumps without landings and all that fun stuff. I got back into mountain biking in 2014 with a dirt jumper, rode trails without a helmet, like an idiot, and uh, just really enjoyed the scenery, really enjoyed the exercise, and decided to stick with it and just got heavily invested in the sport. It was all I thought about, it was all I wanted to do, and can't say anything's changed. So... With that being said, I think that others need to get into it because it is a great way to progress in something that maybe you have an interest in, maybe you don't, but in either case, you're going to get some good exercise. So my name's Kyle. Thanks for joining us. Uh, let's go around the table and meet the rest of the podcasters. Um, I'm Kellen. I, that's very nicely done, Kyle. I'd quick team vote. Who thinks Kyle should do our intros all the time? Uh, that's two to zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kyle, congr- Thanks. congratulations. Thanks, everyone. My name is Kellen. Uh, I've gotten mountain biking, you know, from the little, little age. I remember my first bike was a Huffy. Uh, it was all black with green snakes all over it and coaster brake. And I remember riding that all over the neighborhood. Uh, we had a big grass hill that we'd try to jump as far as we could, which back then I thought was huge. And probably looking back onto it now, it was maybe like two feet high. But uh, that's, I remember that was being my first bike. And then my next bike, I remember being a, a bike I got at Art Van. You know, buy a couch, get a get a bike free with it, and I rode that thing forever. It was it was purple. It was awesome. That was my favorite for a long time. Was their seat made of upholstery? It was corduroy. Nice nineties. Well, yeah, that was that was my first real mountain bike I remember. But uh, then I got my license. That you know, turned sixteen. Who wants to ride a bike when you you can drive a car? So kind of got out of biking for a couple of years and that and probably around 2006 is when I started getting back into it again. I remember buying my, my first real mountain bike or my bike that I purchased myself and it was a Kona Stuff, which is essentially a dirt jumper with a couple of gears to it. I think it was an eight speed. Uh, had disc brakes on it. I thought those were the coolest things ever back then. But I rode that thing everywhere. I remember riding that state game area all the time thinking I was I was awesome riding state game on, you know, it was essentially a dirt jumper and that and can tell you now that sucked i don't ever want to ride it on a dirt jumper again but yeah not on trails nope <laughs> that was i remember doing that all the time then i finally said let's let's get a bike that has some gears to it that and you know i've been upgrading my bikes ever since and been loving it just been progressing my skills getting better and better got more on the jumping you know skill stuff uh, back when i really started getting into it again the big thing was skinnies i got pretty good at balance and stuff like that you can ask these guys we played some games of bike before and I usually can beat them all at the the skinny stuff and that the balance things, but not if you had beer. <laughs> that's where I really progressed, and you know that's that's kind of my specialty is some of those skinny skill stuff and that. But those aren't around too much anymore, so I can't really break that out too often. We'll bring some of those skinnies back. Heck yeah! But yeah, that's kind of where I grew up. 
riding bikes and that, getting more into the XC stuff. Uh, I really love jumping, stuff like that. And as I'm getting older, getting kids, I'm getting my kids into it too. Uh, I got two little ones now, one three, one five, and I've had a little Mack ride thing. Um, so I stood them on the front of me on my bike and we ride bikes together and both my kids have loved that. Then my oldest one is kind of getting his own bikes and actually just bought him another bike for, for his birthday that he doesn't know about yet. Oh. So getting his first bike with gears. We'll see how that goes. And can't wait till my, my youngest really gets into it too. Is Grayson a pod subscriber yet? He, he could be our first one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Hoping to kind of get more people into it. I really like teaching people, making new friends, biking that, sharing my experiences and places they go with everyone else. Yeah, I've made lots of friends on my, my ventures and hoping I can make more friends and bring some other people along and share it with everyone else. How about you? What do you think? I'm Brian. i uh, been riding for a really long time because I'm older than them. Uh, started in the early 90s, really. I remember saving up for my first Huffy White Heat, saving all my Christmas money so I can buy a bike. Um, we had a tight neighborhood where I grew up, the Harry Street Gang, shout out. But we had this woods right across from our street, and I lived on a big hill, and we'd build jumps and go out there and hit them and see who could go the farthest. I remember breaking my mom's bike when I was a child, trying to get sweet air on her women's huffy. <laughs> but uh, as I got more into it, I bought a Trek 830 Antelope, I believe it was. And my dad and I took it all apart, and we painted it and got into it. And it was really one of our first like father-son projects that we did. And all I've wanted to do since I could ride bikes was ride more bikes and buy more bikes, I guess. Kind of an expensive habit, but better than drugs. So <laughs> worth it, though. <laughs> the drugs, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh. so bikes, I mean, bikes. Starting in 96, uh, before then I was an inline skater. I hurt a knee, uh, fell off the back of a vert ramp like an idiot. No knee pads because they weren't cool. And my friend Jason, Jason Brown, got me into mountain biking. Bought a Gary Fisher Huku Iku which is a steel frame bike, had a RockShot Quadra 21R on it. And of course, we immediately just signed up for races. Like this was still in the day where like, I remember going to my first race at Cannonsburg in the fall of that year, where we rode in the back of the pickup all the way to Grand Rapids in the fall in October, <laughs> freezing cold in sleeping bags with our bikes around us. So it, it's been a bit of a journey. Um, after that, I got into racing, traveling the country, um, did the Norba circuit a few years, got pretty decent, kind of relied on talent and didn't do any kind of working out ever for any reason. Just liked having fun on my bike more than racing. I always kind of felt like racing was a necessity that I had to do because that's the only way I could afford to keep doing the sport. But in reality, the best times I had were hanging out with my friends, hitting jumps, and doing stupid stuff. At one point, I actually think we believed we invented dirt jumping by running an extra small women's mountain bike with a long travel 80 millimeter fork on the front of it and a motorcycle bar and thought we were so ahead of the curve on it until we went to a real race and realized that people from all around the country were kind of doing the same thing. It wasn't like we were stealing the idea from other people. It was that we were taking natural progression of the sport and moving in that direction. And finding those people were like pretty much one of the happiest times ever seeing that. 
that all of us from all over the country had the same exact idea to do the same thing with the bikes. They all look the same. We'd never talked to each other in the, our lives. It's not like we could take a cell phone picture because car phones were a thing still. <laughs> After that, kept racing, but kept screwing off as well. And in 2006, busted my head at the U.S. Open, had to come home, had a traumatic brain injury, took about three years before I could ride a bike again. And then slowly I heard it calling and got back into it. But it took a while to really get the confidence back. But all I can remember at that point was the progression of like getting back on my bike and conquering demons. Because I think whether you're spandex XC rider or the gnarliest downhill rider ever, conquering something is always that rush of adrenaline that you want. Whether it's doing a wheelie a little bit longer, doing a kick pedal like on a trials bike, landing on a target, getting through the first time on a jump line, like knocking off one jump at a time getting a KOM on a Strava, whatever it is, like improving yourself is addicting. And I, I think that's what has kept me into the sport. Now I kind of live by the, those who can't do teach. And I'm more into teaching people how to do stuff and trying to be sneaky fast as an old man. Getting old sucks. I think we're all in that same boat. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. I'm 25. <laughs> I'm 37. I'm 37 <laughs> years old. I like what you said there, Brian. Improving is addicting. And I think that is a good way to put it in terms of, uh, in a nutshell, what this podcast is going to highlight, uh, whether it be trail skills, friendships, you name it. There's so many different, there's so many different ways you can enjoy mountain biking. And it's not all about racing. Racing's fun. It is fun. It's cool to be fast. It's expensive. It's expensive, but racing is fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Just you know, always chasing the next thing by pushing yourself, like conquering the next jump or going so fast, you know, doing a KOM, you know, beating yourself. And that's kind of what's always kept me going. You know, when I think back to what really got me in the mountain biking, the first thing I can remember is I saw a guy doing a wheelie down my road and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. You know, I trained and I practiced for so long to be able to do a wheelie. And then once I was able to do that, you know, always push myself, go faster, hit something bigger, just progression. And I'm kind of to the point where... I want to give other people that feeling that I saw when I saw somebody doing a wheelie and how I wanted to get me into it. I want to help other people and you know bring that joy to them too. And so, like my wife or whoever will think, can you stop doing wheelies? This is stupid. We're just on a nice bike path ride. But you know, that's I think back to it. And like, what if there was a you know, little kid sees me go? Like maybe that gets them into it. You know, that joy that brought me and that passion. You know, maybe maybe that'll bring that to them. Or that's kind of where I'm at where I want to you know, bring my skills and help other people get into it and progress them. And hopefully they'll, they'll have the same passion I do about biking. Well said. I like that. Well, one of the things we want to accomplish with this whole company idea is going to the less serious side of it. We have a guest list we'd like to get. And there are people that have been interviewed a hundred times, but everyone asks them about their successes when really a lot of progressing is your failures and what it took you to get there. For me personally, I, I like listening to a podcast and hearing the train wrecks because it helps me relate to that person. Like, oh, that person couldn't do that trick their whole life. Oh, they went through this crash and they did this stupid thing or they made the same mistakes I did in the start gate of a race or whatever it is. Everyone in this community is so willing to help each other and help each other get better 
that if we can highlight all of that, like the lessons that were learned by someone in the World Cup that just needed that one piece of advice from that other person, whether it was another racer or just somebody on the sideline saying, why are you hitting that rock? Like, go around it. What, whatever it is, um, I, I really think we could fill a niche in the sport and keep everyone moving on. Keep on keeping on. We'll call it like the B-side to MTB. You know, the second side of the tape. Stuff you don't normally hear. Yeah, I can say we got we got quite the guest list that we'd like to bring on the podcast here. And, and we travel all over the country. We've met a lot of people. And there's we know a lot of famous people. We know a lot of not very famous people. <laughs> and they all have lots of different views and opinions and that. And it's just seeing stuff from a different point of view is a lot sometimes, even you know, in riding. And seeing someone else's line can change your your view on a lot of things. I think it'd be fun to bring that to, to everyone, let them experience some of the stuff through their podcasts that we've experienced in person by meeting these people. I mean, the best times of my life are been going on mountain bike trips with my girlfriend and my friends and getting to experience new places. It's a good way to travel. Um, you have a reason for being there. It really helps narrow down the travel plans, but all the best trips of my life, granted, I only go on bike trips, have been bike trips and you learn so much about your friends and the people you can get along with by going on these trips and whether it's cramming six people into a hotel room when you're young because you're trying to save money or you're renting a big giant vrbo as adults i prefer the camping in hammock outside that's free you say that but you end up in our rooms all the time Well, that's warm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, if it's camping in Copper Harbor or if it's driving down to Windrock in the rain and trying to cram into a hotel room to not get soaked or going to, I went with Kyle down to Indiana for a 4th of July and we had a blast, but it was 100 degrees outside. Hot. It was hot. I do remember that. Jesse had spiders crawling on him and we were in air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> have fun with your, your hammock camping there, Kellen. <laughs> I have a bug net. But there's so many memories that can be made in this sport. And whether you want to hit the biggest jumps and be super sick, or you just want to go a little bit faster on the White Pine Trail, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're on a bike and you're pedaling, you're progressing. Mm-hmm. you're having fun and that's kind of what it's all about improving is addicting that's one thing that i really focused on ever since getting into it i'm kind of a late bloomer like i mentioned earlier i got into biking a little bit when i was in middle school but then you know sports kind of took hold you know you get caught up in football on track and whatever else your your thing is when you're young and agile but uh mountain biking slowly made its way back and ever since I, uh, ever since 2014, it's just been a steady stream of progression, which is addicting. And when you don't, when you go through dry spells, let's say it rains or let's say, you know, you have a baby and you can't ride for six months, <laughs> you go, it, it's hard. It's difficult to not to get that same sensation out of biking. But with that being said, it has been a great avenue to experience that feeling of progression, you know, whether you're playing an instrument or whether you're riding a bike or whether you're lifting weights you know it's just one of those things that while being healthy for you is extremely fun and bikes are just they're just so cool they're so cool yeah i i know just expand on that that's that's what's all about for me is improving you know always push myself getting getting better 
you know, sharing my passion with other people. Um, that's, I like bikes and I just want to share that with everyone else. So just to conclude this first episode, we didn't want to make it too long. Um, just a little bit about us and how we got into riding and why we like it, why we like the religion of bicycles so much. Uh, what you can expect in the future is we want to do some in-depth travel guides, I guess, um, places that we travel, um, reviews on the places, where is a good place to go. I mean, it's, it's all an opinion, but at the same time, we've all been doing it for kind of a long time. So a lot of the places we'll try to highlight are places that we think the everyday rider could really progress. And we'll try to explain why we think that. It's not just about, I went to Copper Harbor and I did Overflow. I walked the whole thing, but I did it. It was sweet. It's my favorite trail. We want to avoid that. We want everyone to ride the trails. If you don't know how to do it, we'll teach you how to do it. That's the excitement of it. Now that I'm not progressing as much, seeing someone else progress and get over that first hurdle is awesome. But we will have guests. We will talk about their trying times, what they enjoy about the sport, and try to keep it fun and lighthearted because... There's a lot of serious mountain biking podcasts out there, and there's a lot of fun podcasts out there. We're trying to bridge the middle. We're trying to clear the gap. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Well said. I think with that, we're going to end the first podcast. We had uh, had some shaky starts, some humble beginnings here, but uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. We're going to progress. Yeah. Okay. We got our, an outro. Make up an outro on me. Okay. Keep progressing. Keep pushing yourself, and have fun. 